Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how's it hanging today? Well, Heidi Ho, Alan, I am doing terrific. I am ready to do this thing. Let's rock it. Mark, I'm not sure what happened there, but you started off as Flanders and wound up as something else. Yeah, uh, my my capacity to do Flanders is only a few seconds at a time, and then I get exhausted. So I could only do Heidi Ho, and then I was done. <laughs> you just kind of gave up after that. I really did, yeah. Uh, I like it, and can totally relate, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we're going to talk about season two, episode 21, which is 94 meetings. This episode first aired on April 29th of 2010. You know, I found it kind of interesting that this episode is a whole month. There's a, a one month gap between summer catalog, which we covered last week and 94 meetings. So I think they're gearing up for the end of the season there. They know they're wrapping up and they uh, they obviously took a little time off there. Yeah, you know, I noticed that as well. I actually read a, a couple of reviews of the time and and what a lot of them said, because they were obviously fans of the show, is they're like, we miss this show. And ah. they said that because it was off the air for, you know, a month, like you said. And it could be related to something we will talk about later, which is Amy's very pregnant. Mm. Yeah, good call. So I wouldn't be surprised looking back if that, that played a, a function here. But moving on, this episode was written by Harris Whittles, uh, who wrote for Sarah Silverman. Uh, Parks and Rec was a story editor on about 30 different episodes. We talked about Harris before. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Harris passed away, but uh, left a, a real strong comedy legacy behind him for sure. He sure did. Yeah. Yeah. And this episode was directed by Tristram Shapiro uh, of Community, Unbreakable, Sh Kimmy Schmidt, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I think this is his second of four episodes that uh, he ultimately directed. Oh, that's awesome. By the way, Alan, I just wanted to interject here. I wanted to give an update on on what I had admitted to that I haven't been watching uh -oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, tell me I more. Have, I have been churning through that, so I'm I'm not quite done with season one yet. That's really freaking funny. Oh, just you I, wait. You, you, have a, you have a new devotee fan in All me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great show. I'm really, really looking forward to it coming back on the air here, I think, and... I think it's going to be in August. I'm not positive, but uh, mm -hmm. season eight. And then uh, I know that I think it's a short one, too. It's like only 10 episodes, but I'm, I am looking forward to them wrapping things up. Yep. Yeah. So you, you've got a lot of watching to do in the next couple of months if you're going to try to catch up. Oh, I know. I'm going to be glued to the TV. <laughs> well, Mark, you know what? Let's why don't we get into our synopses and then we'll we'll move into the rest of the show. Yes, sir. Uh, I think that is a stellar, stellar plan. Heidi Ho neighbor. See, that's it. Then I, now I'm done. Um, <laughs> so I actually, you know, Alan, I'm very tempted to break this up as, as much as possible. I like to like shard these stories apart, but I only came up with two, believe it or not. So, that, so here's fair. what I have. Yeah. <clears throat> the A story, which I titled, <laughs> I titled, yes, Virginia, there is a March 31st. Oh my gosh. Huh? I like it. That's All good. right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, forced to deal with 93 meetings in a single day due to a mistake by April, Ron enlists the aid of April, Andy, and Anne. As the day progresses, meetings are handled with mixed results. What will happen? How will they get through all of these meetings? Will April earn back Ron's trust? Does Andy promise away the entire city? Can Ron make it through the day without snapping? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Very nice. And then the B story, which I titled, 
uh, channeling Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Gazoinks, Bo. <laughs> I didn't know what else to call it. There we go. Okay. Excellent. So <laughs> when Leslie was first uh, enlisted by Ron, she's trying to help him through his blood soaked, nightmarish hellscape. Um, Leslie's first meeting revealed that a historic town monument, the Turnbill Mansion, is being altered by former Miss Pawnee beauty pageant winner Jessica Wicks, now married to the wealthy 85 year old Nick Newport Sr., founder of the Sweetums Candy Company. Leslie, accompanied by Tom, uh, goes to the they go to the Turnbill Mansion where they find Jessica planning an extravagant birthday party for her husband. Can Leslie prevent the destruction of the gazebo? Will Tom get sufficient time to suck up to Jessica Wicks? Is there something else fueling Leslie's anxiety about the Turnbill Mansion? Stay with us and all will be revealed. Dot dot dot. Very nice. I will mention before we move on, and you you kind of teed up one of these, or actually two of them. Uh, we had some great guest stars this week. We had Susan mm-hmm. Yegley back as Jessica Wicks yep. uh, for, I think, the second time now. Uh, we had Christopher Murray as Nick Newport Sr. back for the second time. Awesome. And uh, I'll mention a little bit about Christopher here in a minute. Allison Becker as Shauna Malway Tweep. Uh, John Ellison Conley as Larry Ludgate. And Terry Ho- Hoyos as Rita Ludgate, which we'll say more about in a bit. Yes, we certainly will. All right. Well, Mark, should we move into our AKAs? We should certainly move into our AKAs. You know, we can out AKA or out title NBC any day of the week. We can. And have, Even and Sundays. we'll continue to. That's right. Every single yeah. day of the week. Yeah. Um, so I had I had two uh, that just made me laugh. And instead of going with, with actual like entire sentences, I just yeah. took out snippets of words because that just made me laugh. So <laughs> the, the, the first one, uh, I already tipped my hat to, it's Gazoinks bow. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> it's just so weird that Leslie would like describe it like that when she's trying to describe the debacle that's going on. And then the second one, that just cracked me up was was Tom's uh, description of the aging and rich Nick Newport Sr. by <laughs> calling him, and I quote, a floppy old bag of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's much nicer than what Leslie calls him. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, what you got? Those are great. Um, I had two as well. One from the A story, which was, uh, you know, which we think we agreed was the Ron Swanson, you know, trying to handle these 93 meetings uh, storyline. Uh, at one point, as it, it always happens, we, we love the citizens of Pawnee. And, and one of them is demonstrating to Ron uh, maybe what's been called out as inappropriate swimwear and seeking Ron's opinion. <laughs> and that's the, this, the lumpiest part of his speedo, let's just say that, winds up on Ron's desk. And Ron says, kindly get your groin off my desk, which you just don't hear every week. You you don't hear every week. Uh, and and- I was this close to using uh, that as an AKA. That's a I was nearly, one. I was, I was really worried about that one. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Uh, the other one was from the B, the B plot line. And um, it's a, it's a, it's a Leslie one. And it's uh, <laughs> she, one point she just frustrated and says, well, crap on the cob. So. That's a great saying. That, you don't that's get a, a lot of crap on the cob. Oh, no, you don't. For sure. Absolutely. That is a shirt. And, uh, and Constantine, get on that. Well, actually, there's a, I, I won't say we have news to report there, but I think in the next, let's just say four to six episodes, we'll have some news about new merch. You probably uh, don't have that update yet. I need to give that update to you. Well, but, you know, uh, Alan, speaking of updates, I, I, I don't know if this is the proper time, but I, I did have some some breaking news, breaking news about our oh, yeah. our, our, our beloved Constantine. Yeah. What um, do you got? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's share that. 
Well, you know, Alan, uh, this this year has been very challenging for those of us at LFP Worldwide Headquarters. Mm. Um, uh, a lot of us had to uh, give up twenty uh, four hour use of our hovercrafts, and uh, you know, it, it's it's not all it's not all snakes and bladders over here at uh, LFP uh, Worldwide <laughs> Headquarters. And maybe that's not the saying, but um, you know, as as many of you know, Constantine has been our our, our rugged and intre- intrepid uh, uh, unpaid intern now for quite some time. But we yeah. decided he's done such a good job, and he's uh, now using mouthwash after he eats his onions that now we've promoted him actually. And so Constantine is now uh, our producer <clears throat> also unpaid, but, but he is, he does a, he does a tremendous job. Uh, so, you know, buddy, I, I, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, kudos. Yeah. Me too, Constantine. Great job. And, uh, you, you really have earned this, um, this promotion. All right. Well, Mark, you know what? Let's get into the episode breakdown and, uh, get the show on the road. All right. Good, sir. Well, uh, let's start with the uh, cold open, a very good place to start. Um, I have it as 57 seconds and, you know, I honestly wasn't sure whether to call this plot relevant or not. It, it depends on how you look at it. I, I, I think it has to do with a plot but maybe not one of the plots that are the main drivers of this episode. So at City Hall, we have Mark knocking on Leslie's office door, asking if he can run something by Leslie, uh, which she gets disproportionately excited about, but that's Leslie for you. Um, and uh, Mark asks her something. Actually, Alan, do you want to, should we have Constantine? Constantine, buddy, can you play this clip? Yeah, let's do that. Leslie, can I run something by you really quick? Sure, I love having things run by me. I feel like you're being sarcastic right now. No, no, I'm not. I genuinely love it. Run it by me. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Okay, so I've been a little worried that Anne maybe thinks that our relationship isn't moving forward fast enough. And so I'm wondering if maybe I should ask her if she would like to move in with me. Good idea, bad idea. You tell me. Well, I would say that some women won't consider moving in with someone unless they think marriage is in the future, which I know for you is... I intend to marry her. For real skis? I'm not really quite sure how I feel. Um, I, it, it's a little weird. I mean, I'm happy for them, they're my friends. It makes me a little nauseous. If I could just sum it up in one word, it would be, um, <gasps> How do you spell that? Well, you know, Alan, I'm not exactly sure how you spell that, but I can tell you that I did utter that word once and it was after i participated in a hot pepper eating contest (laughs) i was there that day yeah i know you were (laughs) there's still that stain on the floor there's still a stain on the floor yeah oh god those were the days mark (laughs) i think that's what bruce was singing about in glory days personally oh i think so hot pepper stains on the floor you know things like that yeah he actually made that noise at the end of the song too but they cut it in after edit I don't blame them. Well, Mark, there's a lot going on there in that cold open, and I get what you mean. It's not relevant necessarily to this episode, but it's another one of those seeds we talked about a little bit. And uh, I'll be honest, I I know I've seen the show before. I've seen the whole series before. I kind of forgot some details about this episode specifically and related to that cold open. Yeah, I I did too. Um, Yeah, this is definitely... It's a bombshell in the sense that, um, you know, the the um, season one Brendanowitz was kind of a playa, 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was one thing for him to kind of, you know, be a non-player and, and, you know, settle down and be a good boyfriend and everything. And that's all fine and good. Now he's kind of leapfrogging that and going to the next step, which, you know, for Brendanowitz is, is pretty impressive. Um, and apparently Leslie, by the hot pepper eating uh, noise that she made at the end of that, uh, she maybe has some mixed feelings about that. What do you think? Well, I, I think she has mixed feelings through two lenses. One as a former person who dated Mark once and was stuck on him for five years and uh, as Anne's best friend. And I think she's reacting to both and separately and together. And that's why she can't formulate a single word. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think and, you know, and she's so sweet and thoughtful and nice. I think that she's genuinely happy for them. And yet. So I think that's where a conflict comes in. I think she's over any jealousy she would have had. I think she's more worried. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, Mark. Well, you know, following the cold open, we're in the bullpen, we're at April's desk, and you know, we we hear the phone ringing, and I, I lo- this was a very interesting kind of opening to the main episode here. Did you notice that we had this black screen with white text that read ninety four meetings? I don't yes. remember them doing this episode title treatment before. Or even after, frankly, but I liked it. Yeah, it, it was definitely different. Um, I'll so I'll kind of summarize it like this: It's um, we're at City Hall, as you said. It's the morning of March thirty first, and uh, Ron. You know the, oh, never mind. Because <laughs> I, I I read ahead. Um, so <laughs> Ron walks into his. It's the morning, so Ron walks into his office and he sees a nervous April. Who, who had, I'm, I'm skipping a little bit, but she had answered the phone and got worried because of some things that she was asked to confirm. But, but so at the end of the day, she's kind of heading off Ron in his office and trying to, to race ahead of what's about to happen. Um, and she explains to him, you know how you love me because you haven't had a single meeting uh, <laughs> since I became your assistant? Well, that's because every time someone called and wanted a meeting with you, I scheduled it for March 31st because I didn't think it existed. Oh. <laughs> Was it the 30, 30 days has September, April, yeah. uh, March, March, and November apparently is June and not March. Yeah. So, yeah. uh oh. And now it now it's March 31st. So, time <laughs> to pay the piper. Yeah. Uh, how many meetings do I have? Uh, well, you have uh, 93, which mm-hmm. is a little interesting because the name of this episode is 94. So, huh, that, that's weird. Mm-hmm. We'll maybe see the explanation for that in a little bit. Um, put a pin in that. So, we'll put a, put a pin in that. Um, so a, a stunned uh, Ron tries to regroup and and uh, has April uh, pull in their secret weapon, Ms. Leslie Nope. Well, and I just love he they're, they're so in sync with each other. He just goes, OK, well, you know what to do. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, she knows. Absolutely. She knows. <laughs> uh, you know, I love Ron's talking head there, and it really does set up, you know, kind of the transition between this scene and the next as well. You know, Ron says, to me, this situation is a blood-soaked nightmarish hellscape. I I, I don't know that you could be any more dramatic than that. But I no, love no, it. no. Yeah. And then he goes, but to Leslie. <laughs> and then we cut, you know, to Leslie and she's just like clapping. Oh, how fun, how fun, how fun. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, unlike Ron, she doesn't consider this the nightmarish hellscape. Uh, in fact, she suggested they find seven more so they can round it up to 100. Yeah, she just she wanted to go for the gusto. And uh, Ron is not about the gusto no. at this point. He just wants to go, not gusto. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Actually, I call this the STD mentality, Mark. 
Are you familiar with STD? Is, it's not what you think. It's not. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about this, but no, what do no. you have? It's survive the day. This is what I thought you were saying and not the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that that's good. Yeah. Let's just get through this. Let's yes. let's army been, crawl through this madness. Been there, done that. Yo. Well, not that. Well, okay. So, <clears throat> um, so yeah, this, this scene goes on, uh, you know, and Leslie starts to have her meetings and her first one is with a gentleman named Bill Haggerty. He is from the Pawnee Historical Society who informs her that some rich woman named Jessica Wicks, who we know from beauty pageant, um, has rented out Turnbill Mansion for a party and she's making alterations. And this alarms Leslie as, according to her at least, Turnbill Mansion is one of the most beloved historical sites uh, in Pawnee. Um, And this also excites Tom when he realizes Bill Haggerty is talking about former beauty queen, Jessica Wicks. And then Tom leans over and tells Bill, Hey, Bill, uh, I'm going to be running point on this. (laughs) Tom's Tom's (laughs) going to take right over. Um, Leslie did ask Bill, like, what the heck? Why didn't she try to stop her? And Bill says, well, her husband's Nick Newport senior from Sweetums. Hello. And everybody in this town is afraid to say no to him. Um, so then Leslie like leaps into uh, action like a like Batman or something and and takes her keys and throws them at Tom. Oh, don't throw things at me and <laughs> says, go get the car, you know, Robin there. And uh, oh, then God. she but she has her Tom's boots on because she thought they were warm and she can't get them off now. So Batman are a little narrow. A few issues. They're a little narrow for Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the talking head of, of Leslie and it's, uh, you know, it's another one of what I call our mural scenes. And we, we've, we've seen this, this mural in the hallway before. It's the one, it's fact, we use it on our website. It's got yeah. a gazebo and there's a minister standing in the middle of it. And on the left of the minister is a, I believe a Native American Indian chief. And on the right is a, uh, w- w- maybe a pioneer woman. And she explains that, you know, in 1867, that this progressive Reverend Turnbill officiated a wedding between, uh, you know, a white woman and a Native American uh, chief. And the ceremony was beautiful and romantic. Uh, yep. But then, you know, when the reception it was over uh you know people heard about it and it was a bloodbath and mm. then they 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 zoom out to reveal that on both sides of the gazebos on the left side are are stampeding uh indians and on the right side are are stampeding townspeople i guess sure i mean That's it a looks one. a little bit like the frankenstein scene with the pitchforks except they're, they're aimed at the you know the bride and groom yeah gazoinksbo huh <laughs> <laughs> well there were two survivors but oh, they were they were horses oh <laughs> oh boy. Well, hopefully they're not baby horses because you know they are oh, just weird. Weird, weird, weird. <laughs> no, 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 that's not uh, canon. We, controversy. We, 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 we I don't go. care. I don't care. I'm still shocked to the core. <laughs> I am too. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, Ron is completing another meeting only to find out that Leslie is preparing to leave. Yeah, Ron, I mean, they're, they're making some progress. Ron's finished a meeting and Leslie apparently finished whatever that was. Let's call it a meeting. Uh, come, Ron comes out of his office and he sees Leslie in the process of freaking leaving and he tries to stop her. And like, what the hell? We got to look at all these we got to do. And as she puts it, as much as I would like to go for the all time city hall single day meetings record, there is an emergency. Somebody is trying to alter a gazebo. So she's on her way out. And uh, so Leslie leaves a stunned uh, Ron walks out into the hallway and, and she marches towards the camera, like, like, uh, 
uh, from a for perspective wise. And we see over her shoulder, Anne is approaching. So Leslie doesn't see her because right. she's to Leslie's back with two coffees. And Anne calls out to Leslie, and Leslie tells her, "Oh, Anne, hi. Hey, I can't hang out, but thank you for the coffee." And then she's like, "That was for Mark. Yeah, but I really need it. But next time, sugar. Okay, bye." <laughs> which is which is very Leslie. And I that it makes me laugh because with someone else doing that, you would think you're a jerk. And yeah. she totally does it's not Leslie. mean that in a jerk no. way. It's just Leslie being Leslie, like, Oh sweet. You're sweets. Thank you. I know it's for Mark, but I really need it next time. Sure. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Maybe Ann and Mark can just share the remaining cup. I think that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then the scene ends up with April now seeing that Leslie, their secret weapon is gone. Asks Ron, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to uh, postpone the rest? I guess set myself on fire, create a diversion. What do you want to do? And he said, nope, we're going to get them done today. Round up whoever's free. I'm going to need more Ron Swanson's. So that's the game plan, I guess. It's like Star Wars Attack of the Clones, where you see all the clones, you know, based on, you know, the Django Fett there. I, I really want to see, a, a, you know, a troop of cloned Ron Swanson's marching through City Hall. I don't think that the outpouring of, 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 of you know, masculinity, I, don't, I think the Earth's core could shatter. <laughs> it could. That much you know, mustache power all in one concentrated place. I don't know. It wouldn't be right. No. You know, in fact, what it remind me of, you know, the, no. all this face swap stuff that's going on that the kids are doing there on the internets. Have you seen any of this, Mark? You know, where they, they kind of will take a, a scene where it was originally Mark Hamill and they'll put someone else's face on Luke Skywalker. And uh, it, it, sometimes it's pretty compelling. Well, the, the guy who's really famous for this, he got famous doing this on each and every cast member of Full House. And, and to see the girls with Ron Swanson mustaches is not right. It is all sorts of not right. You can't unsee that, can you? You cannot unsee that. No. No. Well, following this scene, we're over at Turnbill Mansion and Leslie, you know, and Tom have pulled up. They're still in the car. And, you know, I think Tom is about to prepare to see Jessica. Yeah, this is a really short scene that they, they get there. Uh, Leslie is prepared to get out and start doing the thing there. But um, Tom apparently wants a moment to primp for uh, his sweetheart, Jessica Wicks, uh, which includes uh, what he calls a cologne cloud attack by Dennis Feinstein. When you want to attack the senses of the lady you want to bed. Um, So good Lord and LOL Uh. and yuck. Um, So that I don't even want to say anything else about that scene. I think that's about it. No, he had a preset and (laughs) he was looking for some brown concealer in Leslie's bag, but I don't think he's going to find it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, you know, April and Anne and Andy have been recruited by Ron and I guess what we'd call a divide and conquer strategy to survive the meetings uh, for the rest of this day. That is correct. You know, as as Ron puts it, uh, all hands on deck, all hands on deck. I need anyone with a pulse and a brain (laughs) to pitch in, which is why... um, you know, uh, <laughs> Ann and April and Andy, I mean, Ann didn't even work there, right? But no. Ann and April and Andy are all in his office. So it's all hands on deck. Anyone who's anyone is going to do this. <clears throat> Jerry leans his head into Ron's office. Hey, Ron, do you need help with anything? No, we're good. Thanks. In fact, you can head home early. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jerry smiles and takes off. Um, uh, so painful. It Poor is Jerry. very painful. I know. Yeah. I know. Undeserved. Um, but, but, you know, in fairness, Ron does have Burt Macklin on the case. <laughs> God bless the USA and God bless Burt Macklin. He's going to get it through, man. So, yeah, the, the, the four of them divvy up the meetings 
and and Ron is trying to give them some some guidelines. He just says, make them feel like they've been heard. You know, don't promise anything. Just for whatever you do, <laughs> just sit there and don't ruin the city. I love it. So, go. No, oh, that's so good. I do think that Burt Macklin did want to see if he could get a badge. I don't know if that's within the Parks and Rec purview. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Ron has the authority to actually deputize or, or assign badges out to anybody. That's a shame. It is. I, yeah. I think you should take it up with Paul. I do, too. <laughs> uh, well, following that, Andy's preparing to do his portion of the interviews when April comes into the conference room with a couple of coffees of her own. Yeah, Andy's got a whole handful of uh, pencils that he's sharpening. That's a big <laughs> I mean, because, you know, Alan, I don't think Andy's ever taken a meeting before. So I think no. in Andy's little little head there, he thinks that sharp pencils is going to be step one to having a productive, good meeting. It's hard to disagree. And yeah, you know, April brings Andy a coffee, just like she's done many, many times, often when he had shoe shine head. And <laughs> and so this is this is kind of sweet, you know, uh, like I, I, I don't think that uh, April's totally put off by Andy's rejection from the last episode. No, like, I think like she, she's, she's still trying. Making an, yeah, she's kind of making an attempt. Yeah. Um, and Andy takes the coffee and goes, thanks, dude. <sighs> <laughs> No problem, lady. Yeah, she's she's kind of put off at this. Like, the hell? What what's wrong with you, man? Like, no problem, lady. Like, you know, do you know how lame it was that you just called me dude? Well, it's kind of a throwback to when he was just high fiving her all the time and not picking up her signals. Yes, yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I do have to make note of a of an Andy talking head that made me laugh. He he confides to the camera and you know to us, the audience. Um he says, April is the best, but she's 20. When April was born, I was already in third grade, which means if we were friends back then, I'd have been hanging out with a baby. I don't know anything about infant care. Pause for sudden realization. My God, I could have killed her. <laughs> this is this, this is typical Andy logic and as messed up as it seems to the rest of us, I think he's as scary as this might be i think he's being sincere he is he's a little <laughs> worried yeah. yeah i know uh andy yeah oh boy. we're back over at turnbill mansion and leslie is talking to nick newport senior as jessica and tom arrive shortly afterwards yeah so you know we, we see a giant banner uh for example that says happy 85th birthday nick and and uh Leslie walks up to the uh, old, uh, frail uh, Nick Newport Sr. and who's in a he's in a wheelchair and he seems, let's just say, not quite right, maybe. And <laughs> and and, and asks him. He, she she addresses him, you know, and asks him politely to refrain from harming this historic structure, to which he in, you know intelligently says. And Jessica uh, Wicks walks up, you know, and takes over the conversation after giving her husband, a, I think, a biscuit. Uh, and, and, and you know, Jessica's very polite. She introduces herself to Leslie. Oh, hi, I'm Jessica Wicks, Miss Pawnee, 1994. She doesn't remember Leslie Norp um, no. until she points out the, the Leslie points out that they're both judges in the pageant last year. Um, right. Tom makes his entrance uh, in grand style as he does. Yeah. Uh, as is his won't. And, and, and he makes his, his entry and he schmoozes Jessica Wicks, you know, as is, as is uh, proper. And then he gives Nick Newport Sr. an awkward side hug. Mm -hmm. and, and to which uh, Nick Newport <laughs> Sr. says, looks him straight in his Tom face and says, tell me straight. Are you a Chinese? 
Oh, God. Wow. Oh, and, and it ends with a great <laughs> talking head from Tom. Do you remember that? It's where he says, uh, yes. I mean, this is after he asked him, are you this a Chinese? This is where you get your AKA, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. He says, yeah. Tom says, that floppy old bag of money is going to be dead in like a month. And who's <laughs> going to comfort Jessica and her millions of dollars? Yeah, Jessica's a gold digger, but I am a gold digger digger. Oh, my God. So good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Also another shirt, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. We're, I hope someone has like a pen and a paper and yeah. is writing this down. Constantine, buddy, you got that? You got a new title. You know, it's time for you to earn it. Um, <clears throat> so well, Mark, you we, know, one thing I, I actually liked about that sequence was when um, <laughs> when Jessica walks up first and Leslie's already talking to Nick Newport Sr., <laughs> she goes, oh, I'll take care of this love nut. <laughs> and then he goes, biscuit. And you're thinking first that <laughs> that's his little nickname for her, like love nuts, his nickname for him. But no, she gets a biscuit out of her pocket and puts it in his mouth like he's a puppy dog. That's what I thought. I thought, oh, that's no, sweet. That's and what then happened. Like, 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 no, that's what he's, he's like a takeout menu, but it's a very <laughs> limited menu. It's biscuit. And then biscuit. he gets, bis gets biscuited. Yeah. Yeah. He got biscuited. Uh. <laughs> hey, Mark, I'll, I'll real quickly mention this and uh, we'll talk about it in more detail at the end. But, uh, you know, Nick Newport Sr., uh, this is his second appearance, his last appearance. We were lucky enough to talk to actor Christopher Murray recently in an interview, an yes, exclusive we live from Pawnee interview with actor Christopher Murray. And uh, we're going to feature some segments of that here in this show. And then at some point in the future, we'll figure out a way to air the whole interview because it's fascinating. That guy is a classic Hollywood actor with a classic Hollywood family story and just an amazing conversation we had with him. I, I was really honored to get a chance to talk to him. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you, you talk about someone who's, who's, you know, been there, done that in almost all senses of the word. He is, he is so humble and has so many interesting, good, funny stories, oh, um, yeah. you know, and, and so willing to, to, to share them. And he's just really nice and good natured. It was a, it was a fantastic interview. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And he didn't even ask for a biscuit. <laughs> you know what? If he had, I would have given him one. He oh, sold himself yeah. short. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, following this scene, we're inside Turnbill Mansion finally, and Leslie and Tom enter, I think, in hopes of, of, of intervening, you know, but they're also going to have a little small talk. Right. They don't just want to launch right into it. They want to be somewhat polite and have social graces, sure. as you call them. And uh, so they're like, oh, how how'd you meet your uh, husband? And, you know. Then she went into some detail, but he was in the hospital on account of his blood don't work. And then, uh, you know, and then I saw him and then I, once I realized who he was, well, that was love at first sight. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, so then Leslie figures small talk is over. Cause you know, that enough is enough. Yeah. And she the says, business. look, I, I'm, I'm really sorry, uh, Jessica, but the house is on the historical register. And so therefore we can't allow any changes and less and Jessica tells Leslie, well, you know, sorry, it's too late as a, as, as a saying of where I come from, uh, what's done is done. Never heard that before. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Leslie is a uh, kind of, uh, put out at this and says, okay, well, what's, what, what have you done so far? Like maybe we can limit the damage. And then I think they, from here, they go to, um, a couple of different rooms in the mansion and, and where Jessica is showing them what they did. So one room, They've painted uh, everything. They've painted the walls, uh, maybe the ceiling. I don't know if we got a good shot of it. They painted the floors uh, black. Yeah. Um, they replaced sconces. They threw away, got rid of furniture. I mean, holy cow. 
And Leslie is getting more and more upset at this because, you know, what what the hell is she thinking? And then they go into the sitting room where Leslie sees on her list that they they had to drill holes in the wall. And she goes, well, what what uh, what's up here with the drill and the holes in the wall there? And they go into the sitting room and they look up and they see uh, Jessica's birthday present to uh, Nikki, uh, a life size portrait done of a very naked uh, Jessica which yeah. is tastefully blurred out, you know, yeah. by the camera and uh, holy hell. And then, so <laughs> Leslie's a little stunned at this. And then Leslie turns around to face Jessica, the person, you know, away from Jessica, the portrait. Right. Um, and the in the process, the negative portrait. And then in the process of turning around to Jessica, the person, Leslie happens to <laughs> see the opposite wall where hangs another life-size portrait of a very naked and yeah. very, very disturbing wheelchair bound old <laughs> old 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 nick newport senior um gazoinks bow gazoinks bow yeah <laughs> leslie is not happy about this no we should have asked christopher if he if he actually had a chance to get that portrait <laughs> or oh my it. gosh yes no kidding <laughs> mark you know one of the things that happened there that i i realized well two things one I was glad to learn that, you know, Miami teal is Nikki's favorite color because that's mm. what they obviously painted the, the walls there. Like you, I'm not sure about the ceilings, but mm. uh, it goes really well with those black hardwoods. <laughs> and and Jessica, in fairness, you know, she's she's very entitled. She's like, look, it's too late. What's done is done, you know, but she did tell them. Literally three months ago, she was going to do this. They had ample chances to stop her. Yeah. And this is a little bit, bit of a callback to Bill Haggerty in Leslie's office earlier, who's like, I think, for the maybe the Pawnee uh, Historical Society, I think. Right. And, and so, you know, he that's why he's been trying to get this meeting with Ron. They've known about this for a while, but, you know, they didn't stop her in time. Yep. Yep. That's what happens. What's yep. done is done. Yep. Money money talks. Parts is parts. That's a Part. different thing. Never mind. <laughs> Well, you know, I think we bounce back to the, the city hall for a minute. We're in Ron's office and Ron and April and Andy and Ann have continued, uh, you know, this strategy to divide and conquer. And they're just trying to survive the day. You know, more STD again. That's <laughs> yeah. More STD. <laughs> I get um, quit saying that. You do. Yes. Um, so this is what I would consider, Alan, a, a meeting collage because we have four little. Uh, I think that's called a montage, Mark. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know the fancy words like you do. Um, I don't English well, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but yeah, they're little, little uh, montages, uh, little mini scenes there that all make up this montage. So we start with Ron and Ron is talking to someone and I should know this dude's name and I don't, but he's, he's a guy who has been in some of the previous town hall meetings. He's like this little dude with no. glasses is his name Mel? Okay. Mel. We only know him as Mel, but we've definitely met him before. He's always angry. He's always angry. He's always yelling. He's yelling. Yeah. Mel likes to yell. And uh, so in his case, he goes uh, uh, like, okay, I, your department banned me because I yell, you suck at, at games. And Ron says, uh, <laughs> he says, according to this complaint, you yelled it at five-year-old girls who suck. <laughs> Why is it so hard to understand? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to argue with that. It, the logic is solid. I mean, 
I would not choose to yell at five-year-old girls. I think that's abysmal. And, I, I and, don't choose to, Mark. I can't help it. It just happens. And, and yet, <laughs> if they suck, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Parts is part. Well, that's a different. So anyway, yeah. So then we go on to uh, April's meeting, and they just show a little snippet of this. I guess the the guy that she's meeting with says, "Oh, I thought this was with Ron." April says, "No, uh, I'm afraid he's currently <laughs> dead." Oh, like I'm his daughter, and his last wish was that I have this. <laughs> meeting with you, which I thought was pretty inspired writing. That's that's oh, yeah. pretty pretty cute. Um, switch quickly over to Andy's meeting, and Andy's talking to this woman woman about the Pawnee Ultimate Frisbee League, um, and uh, and you know before the woman can even get out what she wants from Andy, Andy's like, you know what, I'm in. It's just what? <laughs> so a- Andy thinks that they're there, I guess, to recruit him well, like, sure, in, his, in his Andy head. Yeah. And that he is completely consumed with questions to her. When does practice start? Do you provide the jerseys? What color are the jerseys? What's our team name? Can we be the lightning? And sh- now she's just like, I don't know what's happening here. Um, <laughs> and then we we finally end up this, uh, what you call it, a montage. Yeah. Uh, we finally end the montage with Anne's meeting. And she's facing something that she's faced several times in her life. Yeah. She she wants to be transparent with the gentleman she's meeting with. Um, she said, look, I don't work in the parks department. I just want to tell you, I, I'm an, I'm actually a nurse. And he's not mad at this or anything. He's like, oh, well, that's great on the, as a matter of fact, because I have this weird thing on my on my arm. And let's <laughs> have you take a look at it. So just take the shirt off and, and you know, <sighs> can you see it? And then so and kind of mugs to the camera every time. <laughs> You know, you tell someone you're a nurse. Mm. I, I love uh, maybe if he had known he was going to get to see a nurse, he could have worn a more appropriate shirt for an examination. But as it stands, you know, he he's about, I don't know, th- th- three twenty, three bucks, twenty, I guess. And, you know, he, he's got to take the shirt off over his head in order to be able to even show his arm. So we, we get to see everything. Yeah, I think he may have played an off Broadway role of a manatee. Uh, it, it's hard to tell. Um <laughs> Well, following that scene, we're back at Turnbill Mansion. I think we're on the lawn. A lot of stuff happens on this, what I called eventually the lower patio, the gazebos out on the lawn. You know, we're inside for a couple minutes at the Turnbill Mansion, but generally I think a lot of these scenes happen outside. And, you know, Leslie and Tom and Jessica finally made their way down to the gazebo, um, you know, for this friendly, calm chat. Yeah. You know what? I think that this is one of the few things that at this point Leslie is clinging to because everything else that she's seen so far is uh as as jessica wicks would put it what's done is done and and with this they they actually have uh the gazebo has not been torn down which leslie views as a as a at least a temporary victory and then jessica says well it's but you know that's only because the demolition crew couldn't make it until this afternoon and when they get here you know we're gonna we're gonna take this down um so leslie is not happy about that and and confronts her about so now she like directly confronts her and said, you, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why would you destroy a piece of Pawnee history? And Jessica kind of fires back and says, look, this party is for the Newports, uh, toots. And, and <laughs> the Newports made this town, which, yeah. And, and, and so they're, they're going through with it. Um, as Jessica put it tonight, we're going to celebrate my husband's 85th birthday without this mushy old pile of rot. <laughs> Leslie, ever the quick thinker, your husband's a mushy old pile of rot. Well, she, she mad. Uh, and then Jessica, I think went into her psyche there and she pulled out the worst insult that she could summon. And she said, 
you were a stick in the mud when we judged that beauty pageant and you're being a stick in the mud now. <laughs> like, wow. It's like thunder. Hurtful. Well, I love Leslie's response. I, I'm not a stick in the mud. I just want to stop a party from happening. <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant writing. I didn't realize there's a difference, but maybe well, there is. Well, no. There's different types of sticks in the mud, Mark. Yeah. She's mm. the party stopping type of stick in the mud. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're back at City Hall and this frustrated Leslie has worked her way back there. I think she's seeking out Ron and, and she wants some feedback. I think that she's frustrated and I think she wants to genuinely give him an update. But I think she also just wants to vent to someone for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, and so she she <laughs> seeks out Ron and Ron begs off, at least initially just saying, look, I got to relieve myself. It's been nonstop meetings. So you <laughs> five know, hours. Worth. Yeah. And so she he goes into the men's room. And she pauses for like half a second and then she goes, nope, this can't wait. And she marches right into the men's room where, where she and uh, Councilman Hauser have an awkward um, <laughs> me meeting. Um, <clears throat> the, the restroom door opens and now we see Ron forcibly escorting her out, telling her, look, call FEMA, do what you want, but I, I've got enough on my plate. Don't bother me with this. And goes back into, you know, do see the man about a dog there and uh then councilman hauser comes out a moment later and uh, you know she, he and leslie awkwardly you know look at each other and like uh, ms nope councilman hauser awkward pause i, I saw your penis <laughs> like she, she, can't, she can't help herself she cannot help herself oh, gotta love leslie well, Andy's having his meeting with another concerned citizen and doing his level best, quite literally, to not give away the farm or anything else for that matter. Yeah, I, yeah, I think what we have coming up, which Andy's is the first, is another. What did you call that fancy word? A montage. A montage. So, so we have a second uh, meeting montage there, and um, Andy's the first one. And like you said, Andy, Andy, I think has a has a soft spot. You know, this woman has a very reasonable request. There's eight freaking swings at Ramsden Park. All of them are broken. Just just one. Just one. Can one. you just fix one? And Andy's <laughs> like, I can't. This is so reasonable. Like, she's not asking for the moon. Like, I, right. I, 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 Ron told me I can't say yes to anything, but I can't tell her no. And so I don't even, I can't even do this justice. It's like, no. he, he just like does these like, <laughs> just like does these, these weird unintelligible things. Like, is that a yes? Are you saying yes? Okay. Yeah. Can you just say yes or no? And he finally ends with going boop <laughs> on her nose <laughs> and boops are on her nose. I mean, I, I'll give him credit. That's uh, not a no. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, I couldn't have said no to this really reasonable request either. I don't know if I would have booped her nose, but you know, yeah, it's his own. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't end it with a nose booping, but I, I no. agree. I couldn't have said no either. No. Well, you know, Andy, he, he doesn't have a lot of experience, you know, well, with anything, but especially these meetings. So, you know, his, his arsenal just isn't that deep yet. Well, you know, that's true. I don't know if Andy is aware of whether nose booping is a thing in meetings or not. <laughs> so we that's one of four little little mini scenes that we have um that from there we have one with Anne, which and not a lot happens it just shows her now she's like full-on medical Ugh. consult like that like she's not even another. they're not even pretending to come to her now with parks and rec related questions now they're like hey look at my foot yeah. and this thing is swollen and do my I eyesight think this montage and, has its own montage now of, of jump cuts 
I think you're right. <laughs> um, and then I think from there, April has a meeting and she is, yeah, she this has a good this one. meeting. She, yeah. She has a meeting with this woman and she's, and the woman is giving her all sorts of, uh, you know, political lingo and April's just firing back. And at first we're like, wow, like we're really impressed. You know, this ordinance can't go through too much red tape. Mm, this gridlock drives me nuts. Tell me about it. We're going to have to make an end run, you know, go right to the commissioner. Yeah. Your last resort is going to be city council. <laughs> and so like, like, what is happening? Like April's like a genius over there. And the woman is just eating it up and goes, you oh, know, yeah. that's a really great point. I hadn't thought of that shakes her hand. And, you know, smiling with april like she's her buddy and at the end of it you know two second april talking head i have no idea what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> she had me fooled yes me too and and it ends then with the the fourth one iran is having a meeting and i think this is where your your aka came from yes where a, a man a man is simply concerned alan because uh, he is he doesn't know if maybe his swimsuit is too revealing for a public pool yes yes it is go away take it off and, and no and like take it off to, at home buddy yeah you need to like forklift your body parts there off my desk and and uh, <laughs> yeah please I, I love the, the the extra there has that line. So my body makes you uncomfortable too. <laughs> and Ron mm-hmm. doesn't even, he just, he just shakes his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You got it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leslie arrives at Mark's office looking for some advice, but I, I think he's just really too focused to have this conversation. Yes. As a matter of fact, I think Mark is on his way uh, out. I think he's planning uh, a nice restaurant date uh, with, with Ann that night. With Ann, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I think at this point, Leslie's, she wants some feedback, but I think she also just wants someone to vent to, you know? I think you're right. She tried with Ron. She got nowhere. She saw Councilman Hauser's penis and she still hasn't <laughs> had a chance to vent yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Now she has yeah. more to vent about. But, she really does. And, and when Leslie realizes that Mark is on his way out to take Anne to a nice restaurant, to her credit, it's, it was kind of sweet. She says, you know what? I'm, I'm good. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, I mean, despite whatever internal conflict she may have, she's like, I'm good. You, you, you do you. You know what I mean? And then she, she kind of backs off and she smiles and she leaves. So, Alan, from, from there, we, um, we join Andy and April and Anne in Ron's office for a, a status update. You know, a lay of the land, how we doing so far. Uh, and Ron asks how many more meetings we got and... April timidly replies 20. And actually, you know what, Alan, can we have Constantine play this clip? Because I don't think we can do this justice. Yeah, yeah, let's do. Uh, Constantine, uh, hit it. How are we doing? Pretty good. I may have (laughs) promised a new aquatic center to somebody. Is that a problem? I diagnosed two melanomas. They're both benign. How many more meetings? 20. April was supposed to be the moat that kept the citizen barbarians away from Swanson Castle. Instead, she blew up the castle and stabbed me in the face. I hired you to do one thing. Just one? Just one. I don't care that you text all day and sleep at your desk. In fact, I encourage it. But only because you were doing that one thing. Keeping this crap off my desk! Give me five minutes before the next one. Yeah, Mark, I think he, um, you know, Ron is upset. And I, I don't remember him ever quite letting go at anyone quite like this. 
No, this is, I mean, we, we've said this in the past before too. Ron's, um, uh, you know, modus operandi is he generally doesn't emote. I mean, they, aren't yeah. there memes out there that say these are all, you know, the yeah. 80 emotions of Ron Swanson. Yeah, I've got that blanket. Face. Exactly. So yeah. when he, when he cuts loose like this, I mean, I, everybody's stunned and, and a little frightened, you know? I think it's true. I think Andy and Ann, especially, cause they, they certainly haven't seen it. Well, um, and I think April, looks miserable like i she may be yeah. almost on the verge of tears well especially with it being mostly honestly directed at her i mean he kind of dresses down the whole group but it's really at april it's, i mean yeah he, he's you had one job yes yeah, exactly yeah. exactly yeah well, that's too bad so when so they leave his office after that and they kind of silently just kind of tiptoe out because i think they're still kind of stunned at what happened and they all kind of congregate around April's desk outside Ron's office. And April sits down. She kind of puts her head in her hands. And, you know, and they're whispering because they're yeah. like still stunned. Like Ann whispers, that guy is scary when he's angry. And Andy's like, yeah, yeah. And then to April, hey, sorry, dude. And I think April's kind of had it at this point. Yeah, she's done. And says, you know what? I don't need your sympathy or yours. And just in case you're going to give it. <laughs> um, so it, it seems clear that Andy is not interested in even letting on at all that he is the least bit interested in April beyond yeah. her being a dude. Yeah. I think at this point it would have been a really good opportunity for him to let that veil down and try to really comfort her. But yeah, he's yes. not there. Yeah. Following this scene where, you know, Leslie, I think having tried other things and have failed with direct intervention, she's going to turn to the power of the press to help her wage her assault on Jessica. She's tried Swanson. She's tried Brendanowitz, but now she has the tweep. So <laughs> Leslie's dishing with the, the one and only Sean Amalway tweep there. She's in the hallway at City Hall and um, Leslie starts to tell Shauna and her handy dandy, you know, tape recorder mm. um, about Jessica Wicks destroying history at a party she's throwing for her husband, Nick Newport Sr. at the Turnbill Mansion tonight and click turns it off. And Shauna stops Leslie Cole and says, look, uh, uh, Nick Newport Sr., uh, former CEO of Sweetums and Sweetums owns the Pawnee Journal. Um, yeah. So, you know. Crap that's on the that. cob. And then that's where the great Leslie, like, damn, crap on the cob. Well, we got our gazoinks bow here and our crap <laughs> on the cob. We got both of them in this little, that's this right. little segment. That's right. Yeah. Which, which is also, I thought was, that's one of the reasons I love this so much is because at first, Leslie has this whole dialogue, uh, like almost the skit in her head yeah. about like, okay, are you going to get this right? Gazebo, you mean Gazoinkspo. She may be a beauty queen, but she's the king of destruction. And like, and so Shauna's like, can you talk with a human head? Can you just talk normal? <laughs> so then Leslie conducts herself <clears throat> and in a normal voice goes, okay, Gazoinkspo, Jessica Wicks. And then, she, she, and then the rest of it sounds like normal, but she's like, okay, at least I have to start it off with Gazoinkspo because it's just that good. It is that good. Well, you know, Leslie, I, and, and I, I'll be, I'll be totally transparent, Mark. I'm a little guilty of this myself. I think sometimes when I try to do anything creative, I sometimes do envision the title first, and I don't know what causes me to do that. I think it's my marketing days. But that's what Leslie's doing here. She's writing the headline for Shauna, and then starting to narrate basically, you know, the the story to her, which I know mm. she really appreciates as a journalist, a professional journalist. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, let me let me spoon feed this to you yeah, in case yeah. you're, you know, worthless. I'm sorry, Leslie. Could you spell gazoinkspo? <laughs> <clears throat> it's just like it sounds. Go. <laughs> well, Ron has finally finished his 93rd meeting of the day, only to find out that another one has snuck in without him even knowing. Yep. He thinks that this is the last one. <sighs> April walks in. Ron asks her if that's it. And April says, and I quote, no, there's one more. It's with me. And it's right now. And it's about me quitting. I quit. And April turns around, walks out of Ron's office while Ron looks on. Mm, wow. What do you think of that? I, I think put a pin in it. We'll get right back to it. Mm. Well, meanwhile, we're back at Turnbill Mansion and, you know, with no other options, Leslie is finding, you know, her super villain origin story, uh, a character mark I call Gate Lady. Well, she then metamorphosized into Crazy Gate Lady later. <laughs> but yeah, at, at this point, you know, uh, what's what's the, the saying? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. Maybe it's desperation is the mother of crazy. I don't know how it goes. But <laughs> so at this point, she's both necessitating and desperate and crazy. And we see Tom helping to chain or chaining, I guess, Leslie yeah. to the front gate of the Turnbill Mansion. At this point, Alan, Leslie is convinced that this is the only way that she sure. can stop the teardown of the gazebo. Well, they're going to have to go through her to open this gate now. She's, I mean, she's, she's braver than I would be. And, and at about at that point, we see a, a bulldozer or we hear rather a bulldozer approach and Leslie has Tom throw away the keys. Like, are you kidding? Like, no, 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 do it, do it. He throws away the key and she bravely faces down that bulldozer. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, we see as the bulldozer gets close to Leslie, the entire gate starts to open, <laughs> not from the middle, like Leslie right. suspected, but from the far right side, using the left side as its axle. So Leslie is simply and ridiculously <laughs> carried along with the gate, unharmed, oh but unable to stop anything. And the bulldozer just kind of drives past, <laughs> you know, unimpeded. <laughs> now, as this is happening, when, when Leslie realizes, oh, this isn't going to work, <laughs> she, she, she calls out, oh, God, Tom, stop him. Jump in front of it. Sacrifice your tiny body. <laughs> he, he didn't, but it was still no. funny. No, it was very funny. And uh, yeah, uh, that that would be the day, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, still at Turnbill Mansion, you know, Tom is enjoying playing with this gate after a short break. And, you know, uh, I think mostly unnecessarily when Ann and Mark arrive. Yeah. At, at this point, you know, it's Ann and Mark to the rescue. Um, Tom is just having a field day, just like triggering <laughs> the sensor and just having the gate go. Do, 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 it's do, like the first do, day do, he got do, the do, clapper. Do, he just couldn't help do, himself. Do, 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 do. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it, it doesn't get old. Um, no. And uh, you know, Ann and Mark ask if she's okay. And she says, Oh, nothing's bruised, but my ego and my arm a little from on account of the mechanized gate. Oh boy. Well, while this is happening, Ron is getting a quick shoe shine from Andy. It's kind of like the good old days. And, you know, he's it looks to be just celebrating surviving a hectic day. Yeah. You know, as we've said before, Andy in the shoe shine role is like a strange sort of bartender. Yeah. You know, just kind of tell, tell your worries to me at the end of the day. That's right. Plus, we know that this is the only thing that gives Ron any comfort on account of the bunions. You know what they really missed here, Mark? I think, uh, thank you. That, that callback I did not need. 
<laughs> you know what would have been great though? Just what? for one episode, if Kyle, punching bag Kyle, <laughs> had been the Cliff Clavin of the episode, it really would have brought the whole Cheers theme home for me. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that be good? Dude, you just blew my mind. That would be, that would, I have never thought that. That would be perfect. Uh, I, just for me. Does anybody got a time machine? Damn it. Well, look, you're good with the the stuff and the thing. Why don't you just edit some stuff together and like do that face uh, switch, face swap, face plant sure. thing that the yeah. kids do? Why don't you do that? I, let me get right on. Uh, better yet, I'll get Constantine, Constantine right on that. Yeah, yeah. he's got to yeah. earn his title. He's in this new loud. role. Let's make Good it happen. Lord. Yeah, this coasting now. Okay. Oh yeah, he's given. So Andy's given Ron the shoe shine. Um, and you know, despite the craziness of the day, I think Andy is kind of psyched because he, as we said, he never had any meetings. So I think he thinks the meetings were kind of awesome. You know, <laughs> kind of like Leslie which is yeah. weird. It um, is a little weird. And Andy asks Ron, Hey, you know, April usually comes around this time of day. Uh, do you know where she is? And Ron says, oh, you know, try her house. She quit. And when Andy asks why Ron says, well, she screwed up my entire life today. Um, and then Andy has a little, a little, he stands up for April a little bit. Right and away. He's, he, he jumps on that fumble immediately. And, and he, and he, and not only that, he stands up to Ron, which as yeah. we said in several episodes, not a lot of people have done. It's a short list. And he, it is, yes, it is a very short list. And he says, that was one mistake. She's perfect for you. There's no one in the world who's going to do a better job for you than April. And Andy stands up and looks Ron in the face and says, either you hire her back or I quit. Ron kind of looks at him confused. You, you don't work for me. And I never will. Good day. <laughs> Sir, good day. Which, which would have been a, a silly but kind of interesting exiting point. But after that little humph, you know, the end of that, Andy then kneels again and continues shining Ron's shoes with <laughs> right. grinning up at him. So it kind of takes the kind of takes the edge off. Like that would have been a edge. Way that would have been a good moment to like storm out or something. And instead it's like, do 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 do. I'm gonna finish shining your shoes. So but you you uh, see here at the end, I think Andy's words have gotten through to Ron at least a little bit. He looks pensive and a little yeah. uncertain. They they appear to be soaking in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good description. Yeah. Yep. And that's happening as Anne and Mark are preparing to leave, you know, and, and Leslie, you know, I, I think is is trying to probe here a little bit and, and try to understand if this thing that she thinks was going to happen at dinner actually happened uh, at the at the Turnville mansion. Yeah, she's been freed from the gate now and, and Anne and Mark are getting ready to take off and Leslie's making some some small talk with them. And as you said, she's kind of probing. Like, hey, what'd you talk about? Anything uh, interesting? Any uh, big decisions arrived at? And, you know, by their cl- kind of clueless response, is fine. You know, it was obvious nothing yeah. hu- huge happened or anything. And yeah. um, so nothing else really happens in this scene. It's pretty short. And then Ann and Mark take off. And at the end, we see Leslie looking at them leaving. And she looks a little pensive and uncertain, kind of like Ron did. Yeah, I agree. I think they were kind of matching bookends there for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ron has, you know, taken Andy's advice to heart and we see him knocking on the front door of a house that we don't immediately recognize being greeted by a friendly peppy man that we do not know. Yes. The the door opens to reveal a very uh, friendly, uh, easygoing guy. And he uh, immediately says, uh, oh, well, you must uh, you must be Ron Swanson. 
you know, we're, we're so happy to happy to meet you. And so it becomes apparent that this is April's uh, house. Yeah, w- welcome to Casa Ludgate. Yeah, Casa Ludgate, baby. And then uh, his her uh, father, the guy's name is Larry, I think. And yeah. Larry says, uh, hey, uh, and, and Rita, uh, April's uh, April's mom says, oh, who's that? Like, oh, it's Zuzu's boss. So you can hear you can hear the audience collectively going Zuzu. Zuzu. <laughs> and and uh, so, you know, Larry and Rita, they're they are just the cutest middle aged couple, just friend, friendly as heck. And why don't you come in and, oh, can I, oh, gosh, can you take off your shoes? Thank you so much. And can I get you something to drink? I mean, just They're so They're practically nice. Wisconsin all shucks, aren't they? They, oh, that's a great description. Yeah. They really, really are. I mean, very, very um, anti Hello, Wisconsin. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, we love them. But oh, come yes. on. Yeah, it's immediately what it reminded me of. And, yes, absolutely. And uh, so, Ron appreciates all the hospitality, you know, declines anything to drink and just says, Oh, is April around? And so her parents go upstairs to get her. She's probably on the, that internets again. Yeah, sure. um, and tell him, they tell Ron to make himself at home. So he's kind of, you know, just shuffling around awkwardly because you know, holding his shoes place. under his arm, <laughs> holding his shoes under his arm. That's right. <laughs> and, and Ron looks over to the side into Ugh. the living room and he sees a teenager kind of slumped in a chair and yeah. me- messing with the Hating phone yeah. and it's really familiar, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, and Ron says, uh, uh, you must be April's sister. And, and this girl looks up with a classic April Ugh. annoyed look and I'm Ron. And she gets up, totally annoyed and doesn't even look at Ron, like, like tilts her head. So she doesn't even have to acknowledge him and just brushes by him and goes upstairs. She's mad. How dare he? (sighs) To which he says, nice to meet you. Yeah. Not nice. I mean, what do you say to that? Exactly. (laughs) Well, Leslie and Tom are in Leslie's car and about to leave Turnbull mansion, but you know, uh, Leslie, she just can't. Yeah, Leslie, I think she has her head on the steering wheel. She's she's visibly upset. Um I, Tom at first thinks this is about the 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 gazoinkspo, or I mean the gazebo. And he said, look, the normal grieving time for gazebo destruction has got to be over by now. And Leslie admits it's not entirely it. No. You know, she's she's she admits she's kind of freaked out about the possibility of Mark and Ann getting married. Um, as Leslie puts it, every time a couple gets married, two single people die, and I'm about to lose two good friends. Yeah. And uh, Tom kind of talks her down. This is this is a very rare Tom comforting moment, which you don't see a lot of, but Tom just basically drives home the point. They drove over here and cut you down from a gate. Like, they're such good <laughs> friends of yours. I really don't think you have to worry about them abandoning you once they get married. Yeah, that was nice. Um, it was nice. And I think that that makes Leslie feel better. Um, but before they go, Leslie just wants to do one more thing. And so she gets out of the car and Tom's like, oh, no. And, and so she, he knows they're, they're in for it. And a, a few moments later, we're you know, still at the Turnbill Mansion. Uh, Jessica is singing a song. We hear her singing a song to her husband over the speaker system. And Leslie crazy gate lady that she is she makes her way up to the microphone and takes from jessica and she addresses everybody and they immediately recognize her as crazy gate lady her alter (laughs) ego um and she apologizes to the crowd and 
it's kind of she kind of mixes what's going on in their event with her own personal epiphany yeah. moments about Mark and Anne, and and you know just says uh, you know here's to uh, she says uh, you know the only thing I'm, cr- I'm I'm the crazy gate lady, but the only thing I'm really crazy about is leaving the past behind. So I want to apologize to you, and I want to raise a glass to change and forgiveness in the future. And Anne and Mark, and they don't know who Anne and Mark is, and and <laughs> happiness and Nick Newport Senior, and may all your future gazebos live long and prosper. And now. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica's like, just can Thank you, you please Spock. leave, leave, please leave. Um, uh, and Leslie <laughs> considers asking for a piece of cake. And then she's like screaming out like, go uh, <laughs> crazy, crazy mm. gate lady, crazy gate lady. Well, she was even crazier in one or two of the deleted scenes, Mark, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> they toned it down, believe it or not. Yeah, oh, I was my. never, you know, and, and to say that, I should also say I was really unclear on Leslie's motivation here. Um, but you know what? I think so was Leslie. So in that sense, I was actually okay with it and went, you know what? Yeah, that 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 kind of is Leslie. She just she had to get back in front of people and say something because she didn't know what to say. You know what? That's a great point. And I'm I'm right with you. I thought at first when she thought, oh, there's one more thing I have to do, I thought maybe she was gonna go into the party and like and and and, and tell everybody off or say like, yeah. you know, you, you darn you, you just, you destroyed a gazebo and, and, uh, right. and, and instead she's like, you know what? I'm sorry about before. I mean, yeah. in, in the process of apologizing creates a bigger stir than she did before, but I mean, Pretty she's it's, symbolically, she's trying to kind of sort of kind of make amends that crazy gay lady. And, and I was glad they went that way instead of the meddling kids, you know, anger speech. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, get off my lawn, Sonny. Right. Right. You know, but yeah. You know, you and I will do that, but not less. <laughs> Every day. Yes. Yeah. Well, back at the Ludgate residence, April finally shows herself. And, you know, she doesn't seem all that happy to see Ron, though. You know what? This this entire scene is so incredibly good. Uh, what do you say we have Constantine play this? I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah. Why are you here? Come back to work. No. Nah. Come back. I want you to come back. Well, I don't want to come back. The end. I was talking to Andy about you, and he made me realize that I need you back at work. What did he say? Don't recall. Fine, I'll come back. Good. Okay, I'm leaving. Bye, Zuzu. Bye, Duke Silver. (laughs) My mom has all your albums. I recognize you the day we met. Have you told anyone? No. Good girl. I love it, Mark. That's that is such a great scene for so many reasons. I I oh my gosh. I I have I have so many good things to say about this scene. I I completely agree. Uh it's 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 almost heartwarming to see the the Ron who's usually so stoic and the one which was just the same one who just completely blew up like a volcano earlier. And here he's so gentle with, with April and, and it just, it's really touching. It's like there, there's really, you can tell there's a connection there and that he, he really, he doesn't say he's sorry, but he is. He is. He definitely is. Sorry. And, and honestly, I was thinking about this. I think the, conversation with Andy, you know, Andy, you know, certainly took April, 
you know, defended April as he should have. Um, he he said the right things to Ron, and I think it helped get Ron here tonight. I don't think it would have. I, I think he still would have wound up here at some point, even if he hadn't done this now. I think he would have come to the same conclusion on his own because I think he's kind of got this special relationship with April, and it really does show through in the way this whole scene, uh, this interaction between them occurs. I, I agree. Um, I, I like that to ultimately convince April to come back. All he has to say is, yeah, I was talking to Andy about you and he made me realize <laughs> I need you. What did he say? Don't recall. Fine. I'll come back <laughs> Just <laughs> real quick. Um, I think and, it was that un that unstated apology is what April needed here. Yeah. After that dressing down where she was, you know, pretty humiliated. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, and, and the other two things, you know, she, he kind of, he kind of ribs her a little bit, which, I mean, I couldn't resist it either if I were him, you know, calling her Zuzu, oh which is God. clearly a family nickname. Yeah. And then she fires guns right back and says, okay, bye Duke Silver. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like, like any, you know, normal middle-aged lady, uh, April's mom has all his albums. Cause why wouldn't she? Yeah. Well, I love that April recognized him the day they met, but she's never said anything. She never held it, you know, and, and for Ron right there, I think he, that sealed the deal for him. Yep. Good girl. Yeah. They have, they, they have mutually assured self-destruction for one, <laughs> but, but I don't think they're going to play it that way. I think they're going to keep each other a secret, so to speak. I think you're right. Although I do like the thought of mutually assured self-destruction. <laughs> Take me down. You're coming with me, Zuzu. That's right. So, that's right. Take that. Well, Mark, following this great scene, the only thing left was the kicker. I think it's uh, officially now the next day. And, you know, one thing that I noted here was that the next day after 37 scenes, all on day one. So crazy, crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of consider this in my mind, uh, the the April 2.0 scene as, as the kicker. Yeah. And we, we have a man who had intended to meet with Ron yesterday, the day of all the meetings. Right. And he had some car trouble and he couldn't make it. And April says, well, I'm sorry, he's busy right now, which, by the way, uh, we look in Ron's office window at this point and we see him carving a giant wooden duck out of a block of wood. <laughs> or a swan or a goose. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Or some sort of bird. Yeah. Waterfowl. <laughs> um, and he asks if he can reschedule and, and April flips through a pad of paper, which I'm pretty sure is blank, Yeah, but, but just for show. <laughs> and she says, well, how about June 50th? So see, see, uh -huh. she's thinking, yeah. and, yeah. and he's, he's kind of flummoxed at that. Or how about, uh, well, actually today he, he does have an opening at 265. See, <laughs> she's, she's thinking, <laughs> the only other day he has open is March timber 11th. <laughs> so he, he leaves uh, flustered, uh, yeah. you know, April flustered, confused and a little bit uh, worried. <laughs> I, yeah, I would be too. And you know, we see April's desk phone ring. She expertly picks it up and puts it right back down again. Mm -hmm. And April glances over to the side where we see Ron watching her smiling, nodding with immense approval, fade to black. I love it. Yep. Yep. Great classic episode. Great breakdown, Mark. Thank you. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break and do what we promised near the top of the show. What's that, Alan? Let's play a few pieces of our interview with the very kind and talented Christopher Murray. Oh, I think that's a terrific idea. All right. I like it too. Let's do that. And when we come back, we'll get into some deleted scenes, some tropes first, fun facts, and so on. And then we'll score this thing and go home. How's that sound? 
All right, man. That sounds like a plan. All right. Here we go. Enjoy, everybody. When they cast you as, as Nick Newport Sr., um, did you know, did they have an idea of, of how they were going to use you long term? Like, did you know it was going to be more than one episode? I, I, I really had no idea. Um, the scene was uh, archival footage. I hadn't I knew of the show, but I wasn't a big television watcher. And I was the only actor that came in and I had a. I had some kind of piece of cardboard. It might've been an old um, uh, uh, subway ticket or something. So I quickly rolled it up into a tube and I did the audition like I was smoking. And they told me afterwards, you know, you're the only guy that did that. <laughs> well, it's said he's smoking and drinking. And I think I grabbed a water, cup of water as I went in and, you know, so basically did the routine but I had no idea they'd bring it back. And um, I'm really glad they did because that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a great show. What a beautifully talented cast that was. So what's a table read like with a group of people like that? You know, a lot of comedic talent and, you know, I I can only imagine that they have to work pretty hard to stay professional at times. Well, (laughs) it's, it's fun because it's usually, I mean, it's their first time with the material because they're working on the other shows. So they try to set it up. So that's the, uh, you know, everybody hears it for the first time. So you have the different department heads in there and you have the directors, the showrunners and everything. And it's sort of, you know, let's, let's get to know each other. It's, it's, it's kind of rare. If I have a small part in something, you know, if you're only reading one or two lines, they, they love to invite you to the table read because they want to get you in there. But um, I, I, I don't usually go unless it's what they call top of the show when That's you're something the, exceptional. Yeah. Yes. Star. Um, but I, I would have done a table read for one line. In, <laughs> You know, on that show, just to meet everybody behind the scene, because by then I'd become real uh, admirer of theirs. And um, their their work was just such a so extraordinary and so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because that's the only way to do comedy is to do a totally deadpan. And they just have it down. I really missed that. Yeah. They were exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's brilliant, brilliant filmmaking, brilliant art. All right, everybody. And welcome back, Mark. That was terrific. I really enjoyed that. And I look forward to featuring the rest of our interview with Christopher Murray at some point soon. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think our viewers are going to love that. I know we did. Well, Mark, you know, this this week, um, like we always do, I'll talk real briefly about the deleted scenes. Not a ton of stuff to mine here. I think there was a total of nine, nine segments, roughly four minutes and 24 seconds. Um, I mentioned the one earlier, um, you know, where I think uh, uh, 
there's a little bit more about Leslie at the end and a different kind of take on her going back at the end there to disrupt the party. I think that the, the, the outtake is a little more like that than what they kept in. Um, there was one that was kind of funny um, where as they're walking out to the gazebo, we see this sculpted hedge in the shape of an elephant. <laughs> and Jessica's very proud. And Tom ultimately goes over and gives himself an elephant hug in the shrub. So that made me giggle a little bit. Uh, you know, right, right there in that same deleted scene, I, I think I remember something where, you know, how I, I said, uh, uh, Jessica Wicks is trying to summon the worst insult that she could think of. And the yeah. worst thing that she could think of was, is you're a stick in the mud. And yeah. then, Oh yeah. In, in, in the deleted scene, Leslie is like offended. Like, how dare you call, you know yeah. what? You're a stick in the mud. And Jessica Wicks gets so offended goes, I am not a stick in the mud. I am a <laughs> flower, <laughs> which just cracked me up because I did not expect oh, it. That's great. She was really offended. That, that was great. Well, I think, Mark, let's move on to tropes first and fun facts. I know we've been struggling mutually to come up with firsts, and we've uh, not had that struggle with tropes. I feel like this was the same again this week, although I did have a couple firsts. I Well, I did too, and I'm betting they're some of the same ones that you had. So one, I think, obvious one is that we – meet april's parents yep her, casa her ludgate si yep. her sister and casa ludgate her house yep. um i i have two that i will admit are opinions slash guesses and i want to see if you agree i right. had ron gets mad at april because mm. i don't think that's happened before he might have been annoyed with her but yeah i think he would be uh, the judges say yes good good call and on the same sort of of, of uh, note, Andy stands up to Ron. Not the first per person or even second to stand up to Ron, although it be it is a short list. But I think you're right. I think it's the first time Andy does it. Right. Because I, I think that Andy kind of, you know, as many people do, I think he respects the heck out of yeah. Ron and normally wouldn't even think about it. Right. But now he's he fears like, him appropriately. Yeah. 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 So. That's all yeah. I have. How about you? Uh, the only other one I had was the actual reference to Zuzu. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I mean, nice. also April related, but uh, different from the, you know, the, the parent reveal. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Much great. Call. Much better payoff. Yeah, I loved it. Well, I think on tropes and, uh, you know, for this week, I, I had a pretty good list. I, I don't know how you want to do this. Well, I, I have a feeling that you have out-troped me. So let Perhaps. me go first so I can seem creative. Um, Fair. Like I'm not copying you. Yeah. I have um, I have Burt Macklin, FBI. Yep. That's one. Um, I do have a, a mural, which is one of our original oldest tropes. So where, where Leslie yeah, is describing, yeah. describing the rich history of a Turnbill Manor there, or yep. mansion. Um, and then I also have, my last one is a, a classic Tom OMG, which is where uh, I think they're going into another room and Tom says, well, you first, so I can admire the view. And Jessica turns around and says, you know, I should just hire you to follow me around. And he just goes, yeah. <laughs> Open mouth grin to the camera and says, if that was a job offer, the answer is yes. So anyway, what you <laughs> got? Good, I missed that one. That's a good call. Um, I also had punching bag Jerry. I mean, oh, how more can you punch Jerry in the face and basically say, you know, I need anyone with a brain and a heartbeat, but then send Jerry home. See, and I call 
I know that it's funny. It is funny for, for yeah, plot reasons. It is. I, I also kind of the other part of me wants to call shenanigans on this because yeah. like if you're if you're not only taking Andy, Andy, which, dude, I love you, but come on. Yeah. And and Anne who doesn't even work there, but she's yeah. smart. I she's grant smart. you that. Um how would you not get Jerry? I mean, Jerry could bumble his way through meetings. He's not going to sell the William Percy Rec Center to Quiznos. Good point. Excellent. So I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yes, that's a great PBJ. I, I can't Funny, believe I missed that. Funny, but probably not realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I had I had a few more, Mark. I had, you know, Sweetums Rules Pawnee, right? I mean, I think oh, that's, yep. that is a ongoing trope at this point. Um, crazy Pawneeans, you know, everyone showing up at these meetings, you know, <laughs> crazy yep. yelling guy there, you know, yep. Mel the yeller. Uh, well, that was it for me, Mark. Did I miss anything? Nope. I, I, you did a good job. I actually didn't have any goofs or fun fact. No, I think that's a pretty good list. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's, let's score this thing. And then uh, as the kids say, then let's go home. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think other people say that too, apparently. Yeah. I, I don't know what the kids say anymore. <laughs> the, the, the kids say, please get Constantine on the air. Cause we miss him. Yeah. The, the kids usually say, get out of my room. But, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So who do you think? Are you, are, are, do you bravely want to go first or do you want no, me to go first? No, do you want us to, not, do you no, want us not to doing shout, that anymore. shout out our scores like, no. like crazy, crazy men like we did last week? That, that works so well. Let's never do that again. Only because I couldn't count. Look, you couldn't count. <laughs> we had bad sync. I can only tell you that the effort that went into fixing that in post really should be up for some sort of like daytime Emmy award. Although well, we're not on TV and we're probably not going to ever get any awards, but you know what? It was still a good effort. <laughs> Fair enough. So what do you think? Do you want me to go first? Uh, please go first, Mark. All right. Even better. No, wait, I, I no, first? no, no. You go first. Sorry. Oh, I even better. I even like that better. All right. <clears throat> um, all right. I usually do a quick little mini character analysis here. So let, let, let's go down the track. First of all, for, for Leslie, I thought there were a lot of funny moments. Um, I thought it was interesting to explore how she feels about the whole Mark and Anne thing. But for, for me, my opinion, I don't think enough time was really spent on it. I, I, I get that they were trying to kind of like cleverly interweave uh, giving up the past regarding Mark and Anne with the past being destroyed regarding the Turnbill Mansion alter, alterations. I get that, but I could have used some more... Uh, uh, formative moments or subtext, or I don't know. I, I, I would have liked it spoon fed to me a little bit more what they were going for. Yeah. J okay. Just me. Um, <clears throat> for Tom, I thought there were some, some, some decent standalone funny moments. Uh, there was a, the, that nice scene where he kind of comforted Leslie a little bit and helped her confront what yeah. her anxieties are really about near the end. I mean, Tom's nature is he doesn't have a lot of relationship building moments with people usually just because of the nature of his personality, but it, it was okay. Um, Ron, I thought that uh, there was some great interplay between him and April. I thought that there was some wonderful emoting by Nick Offerman, both yeah. when he snapped in rage in very intimidating anger. And also when he talks so softly and so gently to April at the end and, and, and really conveyed that he was sorry, like great, great job done um, for April. I, I'm going to say it like this. Aubrey Plaza is a genius and she's my pick for MVP. 
for this for this episode. I, I thought that she was the standout star of this. I, I thought she had great interplay with Andy. I thought she had great interplay with Ron. Uh, very believable embarrassment and shame at creating the situation in the first place. I love seeing her getting fed up with Andy's aloofness. Um, just a great job all around. Andy's some funny moments, both alone and during the meetings. I, I hated that he's now acting not interested in April, but you know, I'm invested in seeing how that pans out. And you know, hashtag I know how that happens. That's not good use of hashtag. Um, <laughs> it's really not. Um, it's really not. Um, and I, I thought Anne was somewhat effective as a helper for the meetings. Um, not great. I mean, she's not like really dynamic. She's a little, you know, so-so, but not bad. I, I she was all right. Um, Mark was hardly in it at all. Um, I thought that technically speaking, I guess you could say that the Mark and uh, plot moved forward for sure because of the single sentence bombshell that Mark said. So I get that. Apart from that, nothing like it didn't advance at all. So I, I'm kind of torn because I can't say nothing happened with it because I think Mark's saying the sentence, I'm going to marry Anne. All right. You know what? I, I, I admit that's pretty big. Then they didn't capitalize on it and do anything with it. Um, Jerry, quick PBJ moment. Otherwise, he wasn't in the episode. And Donna, Donna, hello, Donna. Oh, <laughs> Donna's not in this. <clears throat> um, so in general, this episode was carried by the normal five powerhouses. You got Leslie, yeah. Tom, Ron, April, Andy, and with the others being either slightly effective or not at all. And this isn't a terrible use of their deep comedic bench, but it's not really a great one either. It's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's average, I guess. Um, from a plot perspective, I have a, a couple thoughts. One thing we alluded to at the very beginning, Alan, um, the, you know, these two main stories, I think there were two little sub mini subplots that were like in, in each one, the, uh, the, the one with, um, um, the, the one where, you know, Leslie was at the Turnbill mansion and the gazebo and all that craziness, you know, the little mini subplot of course was Anne Mark and, Oh, Mark's going to marry Anne. And, how is Leslie dealing with that? And I, I get it, but there wasn't really enough there. There's not enough meat on that bone. I don't think Yeah. the other one that I thought was kind of a little subplot was with the 94 meetings part, um, seeing what, how in the heck Andy is going to deal life interacting with April acting like he's uninterested. Cause I feel mm. like they, they explored that a little bit, but not again, not really enough to have meat enough for it to be its own story. So that that's why I chose it to be two. I think it happened organically in the middle of other storytelling, right? It yes. was not its own story. Yes. I, yeah. I think that that's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I was going to say is, you know, as I watch this there, you know, for personally, the, the things that I found the most interesting about this, the things that I cared about the most is the April Ron interaction. I was very interested in, and I was like, what's going to happen here. I was also very interested in the April, April Andy interaction. Cause I know that's, that's this awkward middle ground. Like what's, how are they going to deal with this? You know? So that kind of caught my attention the most. And that's one of the reasons I, I kind of vote Aubrey Plaza, the MVP for this. Cause I think mm, she just did call. a great job all around and it was the writing too, but, but I, you know, she did a great job. All right. <clears throat> so Mark's score, I'm going to give this a four uh, base score. Not bad. Um, I'm going to give, an entire point for, as I said, a masterful performance by Aubrey Plaza, my MVP pick. Um, I'm going to give half a point for a great performance by Nick Offerman. 
uh, I thought he did a great job in, in the scenes that he had, especially his, you know, his anger and then his very gentle, almost apology softness at the end. Mm. Um, I got to do half a point for Leslie being chained to the front gate. Cause that's just freaking funny. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give half a point to all the clever and interesting little mini scenes that they had depicting all those little meetings. I thought they yeah. did a great, I mean, it doesn't really add a lot to the plot, but it's kind of clever and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, roll is busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, half a point for Ron meeting April's family and convincing her to come back. And I'm going to give a whole, bonus point to as you alluded to at the very very beginning the return of several great recurring characters you got shauna mulway tweep jessica wicks uh nick newport senior uh mel the angry town hall guy um you know it goes on from there so you add all those up and and my final score is eight little sebastians honestly i was talking between a 7.5 and an eight I, I, but the good stuff in this episode, I thought was so good that that's what kind of tipped it up in the favor of eight. So that's my score. What you got? Okay. Well, I, I think that's good. And here are the ways in which you're wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll recap just a couple of things. You yep. said a lot of the things I agree with. So no point in repeating too much here. But, you know, two focus storylines. Uh, anything else was really just like I said, for arc. Um, you know, because we're we're nearing the end of the season. We're nearing the end of a tr- we're going to create a transition, staffing transition. And I think the arc is going to be important to play that out in a meaningful way that uh, will make everybody feel like that there's there they're. The arc is helpful in in creating some sort of satisfaction with the way this thing's going to end up, I guess, is maybe the right way to say it. Um, you know, Leslie, like you said, you know, I mean, she's kind of goes into hyper mode to try to save Turnbill Mansion from the evil rich Newports. But, you know, I, I and I thought that was an enjoyable storyline. I kind of watched, you know, enjoyed watching her mania around that. Um, you know, Ron steps up uh, when Leslie gets focused on Turnbill, but, you know, kind of blows it with April. But. Then he reconnects and rebuilds on this foundation that they've they've kind of started previously. And it's in lots of ways, it was an April Ron episode. You know, we've kind of talked about those those dynamic pairings before. Um, It was also a Leslie Tom episode in some ways, because there's a little bit of that kind of bonding going on, too. So I thought those were interesting aspects of the storytelling. I noted Andy's kind of a team player. He likes being part of the solution. And I I don't know that that's new here, Hmm. but it's kind of neat to see Andy in that role and actually providing some value as crazy as that is and selling the rec center to Quiznos. <laughs> um, like you said, I mean, that whole Mark and storyline just doesn't go anywhere in this episode. And, and, but you know what? That's okay. I don't think it took away from the episode. Um, I, I think in some ways, the smaller bench here allowed them to focus on telling just two really distinct stories. And they did a good job of creating the second story from the first, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of like the way they did that. I thought that was a very creative touch to this for sure. Um, Tom, you know, is Tom and he's a gold digger digger. We learned that today. I loved it. (laughs) That line alone should get a point. Um, Jerry had one line and then was summarily dismissed. Otherwise, he wasn't in this episode. I think I learned that uh, that Donna is uh, vacationing at Yanni's house again. Ah, yeah. Yeah. She, she bought a condo down there uh, before she invested, you know, in the snake hole lounge. So that's where the rest of her money went. She does well. 
she does well and yeah. uh, down down there. But, uh, you know, for me, Mark, I, I feel like this was a really solid, funny episode. A lot of laugh out louds for me. You know, and again, benchmarking from week to week, I feel like this was one of those where I kind of waffled again between eight and eight and a half. Um, I think you're wrong to say seven and a half. The straight up. Um, I think it was a much better episode than that. And I actually went in the other direction and I went eight and a half. So, ah. Yeah. So if you average our scores, you get the the appropriate score, which is 8.25. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, Mark, another thing that you said earlier that I liked was, you know, Ron emoting, you know, he can do more with a mustache than most people can do with three lines of dialogue. Yep. So, so for me, that was another one of the reasons I just, I, I thought this was a great Ron episode and, and even without the dialogue, you know, if you just looked at it on paper, you might think it's kind of weak in that regard, but, uh, you know, Nick Offerman knows, knows how to do it. Oh, for sure. And, and you know what? I, I think maybe one of the differences between the way that, that you interpreted this episode and the way that I did is our interpretations of the, um, of the Turnbill Mansion plot line. I mean, because I, I I thought it was okay. Again, this is a personal preference thing. It it didn't it didn't resonate with me as much as some of the others maybe would have. I, honestly, I think it would have resonated with me had they kind of made it half and half between her mania in protecting Turnbill Mansion, but then spent the entire other half going, "I'm really psyched out about Mark and Anne." I don't know. I, I I'm a sucker for that. Like I I like diving into that. And I think I would have appreciate that storyline more as it was. It was like, oh, okay, it's all right. Um, I can tell you enjoyed it. And I'm sure a lot of other people did too. So. Eh. Yeah. Last thing I'll say on that. I, I think again, I think it, she revealed herself there at the end and that dialogue sequence where, you know, between her and Tom, I, I think she's really worried that she's going to lose two friends here. I don't think it's the romantic thing previously with Mark Agreed. or any other awkwardness. I think it's about that. So yeah. I at least felt good that we had that clarity through what they what they put on screen. And um, they didn't le- leave us to wander, you know, if if it's another one of those, you know, oh, is, is Andy worrying about Anne again kind of things, you know, or, you know, rehashing the past. I don't right. think it was that. At least there right. was that. Yep, I agree with that. All right. All right, Mark. Well, I think that was a good one. You know, we'll, as always, we'll respectfully disagree to uh, disagree to agree. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> we'll do it the other way around. <laughs> agree to disagree. Yeah, let's do that instead. And we'll be back next week with Telethon, which is season two, episode 22. And then at that point, we've only have two episodes left, Mark. Oh, holy cow. They're going to be very interesting episodes for lots of reasons. But, uh, you know. Some some new people I think we're gonna meet. Yeah, we're we're counting down, man. We're almost done with season two. We really are. Mm. Well, thanks everybody for joining this week. We're looking forward to being back with you next week and we'll see you then. All right. Bye everyone. Bye. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us.